I went onto the, uh, the website, what time was it? Friday night. And I tracked back and went onto the, the old teachings and listened to Devon Brown. Who remembers when we had Devon here for the evening? Do you know, it was. It was like I wasn't he hadn't heard it before. I was hearing things that Devon was saying, I was thinking, I don't remember him saying that. Was I there? And he, he made a reference to me once or twice, so I must have been. But I genuinely was thinking, wow, that's incredible. I don't remember it like that. And why I'm saying that to you for is, get on the website, listen to the old teachings, listen to things that you haven't heard or you was in Sunday school or you was there. Because when you hear them a second time or the third time, you're going to hear things that you didn't hear before. They're going to speak to you. It's, this is the word of God. I'm not on about who's speaking. I'm on about what's being said. Who's speaking is almost irrelevant. It's what and what's being said. It's the word of God. It's the truth to us. Are you fed up of hearing the gospel any time? I used to go to church twice on a Sunday. The Sunday morning was for the grown-ups who were born again and took communion and we heard some preaching and some teaching and on a Sunday night it was a gospel message and the idea is you, anyone you could find you drag in and get them to hear the gospel and it was a gospel message every week and I never and I still never don't get fed up of this gospel message that seems so incredible to us so powerful so alive because it takes you back to remembering where I was who I am now and what I've got and we can take that and bring that forward into our lives phenomenal G-O-S-P-E-L gospel God's own special power enabling life an acronym a thought, just a thought for you guys and we're a part of this gospel. You know, when Jesus sown himself as the seed of Abraham, we reaped the benefits. We are the harvest of the cross. We are the fruit of the salvation life of God today, right now. There's no one like you, Rachel. There's no one like you, Lynn. There's no one like you, Stuart. You just were so incredibly unique and special, specialised for a purpose, for a reason, and a connection with God. He's called us out. Our heart's been able to respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it's woke us up. Whoa! Because he knew we were needing something. We were looking for something more than what we got. Something that was going to quench this satiation of thirst that I've got and the disappointment that I've been in. And here we stand. Full. Full. Satiated. Satisfied. 
I want it cause it to overflow for you. I want this life to live through you. Hallelujah. And I think of the scripture on the last and greatest day of the feast. The Feast of Tabernacles were hearing about Jesus here. Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Who believes in me? As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He who believes in me, as the scripture have said, it's the 21st. This is Jesus according to the scripture, part 5, I think. And we're on our journey sharing about Jesus through the scripture having known him we're new covenant believers church we have the kingdom of God residing in us in us our bodies a temple but in the old testament Jesus was there too in fact he walked founding and laying down the foundation what was in the Old Testament and brought it to life God brought it to life in him in the Son and the Son brought the commandments to life Hebrews 13 says Jesus the same yesterday, today and forever God didn't just turn up in 0 BC and everything come together God's been building the plan of salvation up through the very beginning of time he's been laying the foundation through the commandments that come through the, uh, the, Ten the Ten Commandments that come from Moses down to the people of Israel through the feasts that have been set up by Israel and they all listen, all the feasts of the Lord not the feast of Israel but the feast of the Lord have their fulfilment in Jesus they have their specific times and their specific reasons why they do it and why it happens we're coming up to it soon in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it. This is the feast of Passover. Easter. And Jesus fulfilled it. He completed it. He settled it. And we go and celebrate. Maybe even mourn a little bit on a Friday. Or a Wednesday when it was. Then on the Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead. And we celebrate it. And this is Passover. This is deliverance for the church. This is deliverance for every single one of us. Do you, do you realise that the Israelites of the day, after they got that little lamb that had been standing outside its, the, door, the door of the house, and was feeding it the milk, and the kids were playing with it, and it was all very nice, 
on the fourth day it was there, they brought it into the house, laid hands on it and slit its throat. Right? And then the blood that came was caught and they got it, whether blood with their hands or a brush or whatever, they had to put the blood on the door lintels of the, the, where they lived. They had to get themselves dirty. The kids had to see this. Maybe they didn't. But that, it had to be done. The land had to be signed and the blood needed to be put under the doorposts. Do you know that takes faith? <laughs> that takes faith. What do you think about... We don't hear about this. But any Israelites who didn't put any blood on the doorposts, what do you think happened there? The firstborn in their house died. Just like anybody else. It wasn't a carte blanche or it went to the one and went to the mall. They all had to do an individual step of faith themselves. They had to get the lamb, buy the lamb, spotless, without a blemish, have it in the house, kill it, and put the blood on the doorpost. If they didn't do that, the firstborn in their house too would die. I'm kind of saving everything back for Easter, because it's phenomenal. Absolutely incredible what was taking place when Jesus was in captivity of the Romans and being punished and blistered and mucked. And what was taking place to the Lamb of the judicial system for real on their Passover. That something was happening concurrently at the same time. And they were blind to seeing it. They couldn't see it. This is the same with tabernacles. This is the same with Pentecost. This is the same with all the other feasts. Because they are there, as I'll show you in a bit, they're about appointed times and seasons for the church, not for Israel. These are not feasts of Israel. They're feasts of the Lord. And they're there to teach the church to follow these feasts through because God's sticking by them times. This is the time clock God's sticking to to bring about the fruition of the world. These are God's clock to the church. Absolutely incredible. And all the time over the last few months I've been getting revelations of this and hearing people share this truth. And it's phenomenal. It's incredible. And I'm trying my very best to be able to bring this across. Because Jesus is throughout the whole Bible. The old covenant has been made obsolete. We don't please God by following the law anymore. But the Old Testament is pertinent, real and great to show us what Jesus is like or what God was like. Because if we went and followed God according to the Old Testament, we'd be in big trouble, as we know. But Jesus turned up. The Word, well, what was the Word? The Word became flesh. Well, what Word became flesh? 
God's word became flesh. The commandments became flesh. Everything that God ever said was put into the body of the Son. And he walked with all the wisdom, all the authority and power that God had. But he did something different. He walked and lived them according to how God wanted them to be lived. He didn't make men follow the commandments even if they wanted to or they didn't want to. Or if they didn't do it, they'd be in big trouble. Jesus did it and followed God from a motive of love. All the commandments from a motive of love. Not a motive to please God. Not a motive to stay out of a curse and get into a blessing. But a motive from love. And Jesus walked. And where people thought they were going to be condemned and convicted and stoned, he said... I forgive you. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. And show them, you who've got sin, throw the first stone. From the oldest to the youngest, the scripture says, they were dropping the stones. The same people who have probably picked them up later and stoned Stephen. The Bible's one book, old, it consists of two testaments, more than two covenants probably. Right? But we're believing the God and we're a part of the priesthood of the new covenant. John came last week and talked to us about John the Baptist. talked about why John the Baptist and I, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to go through this again because it's phenomenal teaching but you have to listen to the teaching when we get it uploaded because John the Baptist was from the line and the priesthood of Aaron and he should have been the high priest of the day that's why Jesus went to him and said I need to be baptised by you and John, John the Baptist said I'm not even worthy of tying your boot lace up he says no I've got to be baptised by you because I've come to fulfil all righteousness I've got to fulfil all the Old Testament righteousness and sure enough John baptised Jesus there's so much more and when Jesus was coming up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove and settled on him. And a voice came out of heaven, This is my beloved Son, whom I love. And these were the signs that John knew that he was there baptising to wait and see because John knew he was the new not the new, but the fulfilment of the age. He was the Messiah, the what the Jews had been waiting for. And he, Jesus rose from the waters. And we've, we've learned from that, what John was saying, that Jesus was actually ordained at 
that time. It was part of his ordination because he became a rabbi. And he walked amongst Israel teaching his Slant seems the wrong word to say. His interpretation of the scriptures. Right? We think it's the, it happened these days when evangelists get together and they go here, there and everywhere, dropping in people's churches, preaching the gospel, bringing people to God, and then disappearing and going somewhere else. It's one of the gifts of the church. God gave gifts. Pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists and apostles Jesus was a rabbi and in the time of Israel in first century Israel there were rabbis who walked through Israel, through the towns preaching their interpretation of what the Torah again I assume people know what the Torah is the first five books of the law and their interpretation of it in order to stay fixed and connected with God. Jesus went with his interpretation. The interpretation that was meant to be from God from the very beginning. And what would happen is, there would be, the way you become a rabbi, you'd sit under someone's teaching, a respected rabbi, right? And then, when you, when you come to the, the fruition, if you like, where you've been, you want to be that rabbi, uh, you want to be a teacher yourself, then it has to be validated by two witnesses. So, when a person has sat through the teaching of a particular rabbi, he'd have two followers who would say, I believe what he says. And they'd follow him, and that would be the stamp of authority that people would follow. This is what this is Jewish tradition. I'm not telling you this, this is what happens. God had Jesus had two witnesses, two agreed um, stamps of approval. And one was John the Baptist, and one was the voice from heaven. This is my beloved son. Hear him. And do you know what? This is what happened. The rabbis would go around and share their interpretation of the law. Now, one particular person could go, well, on a Sabbath, it's okay for you to, to walk, but if you walk more than a mile, you broke the Sabbath, and you can't, you've got to, you can't walk more than a mile. And another rabbi would come along, I'm using one little instant here, I say, well, I disagree with Jackal, whatever his name is. I think, because, because it says this, this and this, that you can walk actually two miles and you actually don't break the law that's in the Torah. Now, depending on what these people are saying, people are listening, people are, are hearing, they want to know. They're looking for the truth, they're looking to see what, into people's words. And Jesus came sharing the truth as God ordained it to be from the very beginning. Show some scriptures. Walking with authority. 
<coughs> wow. Matthew 21, 23. Do you want to put that up, Rich? This is about Jesus going about and teaching the things he was teaching in his day. And this is the kind of response that he got. Have you got your Bibles, anybody? Is that working, Richard? Okay. Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? <laughs> What's the next verse say, Rich? I don't want to go into that, I'll leave that bit. That's the way Jesus answered sometimes. He answered the accusers with a question. Because he knew that they were hiding the truth regarding John the Baptist in this particular question. So he said, well if you're not going to tell me what you believe, I'm not going to tell you what I believe. Right? Because Jesus was going and preaching incredible with authority and power, right? He brought attention to himself. How do you know? Man? If we knew people who were coming to town who had a healing ministry or they spoke with great authority, what would we do? You'd go and see the meeting, you want to go and see it for yourself, wouldn't you? If you saw that a man was doing some incredible stuff that was everyone was talking about, you'd, you'd go and, is this the truth? Is this for real? And this is exactly what happened in, in Israel. You see, in history it's recorded that the Pharisees and the Sadducees would go around and pray for people and sometimes they saw people being healed sometimes they saw demons going out of people right but amongst them amongst the hierarchy of um, the religious people it's written you haven't heard this this is incredible there was four miracles that only the Messiah could do that they got written down. There was four miracles written in, Mosaic, in, in the Mosaic Law that they spoke about, the, the religious leaders, only four miracles that, that the Messiah could do. Remember, they could go out and do some of this odd prayer and odd deliverance and see these little healings, but there were four miracles. And when one of these happened, floods of people come. Whoa, the sign's being asked. The Pharisees would turn up and watch and check and asking questions. By what authority are you doing this? How come you can do this? And he's getting all the, the religious heads sending their people to find out what's going on. Is it really taking place? Are people telling lies? Or is this, is this the truth? 
And the four miracles were This is what brought so much um, excitement. Because periodically, these miracles, not these ones in particular, but miracles did happen. They just, people just to flood and say, is this the Messiah? Is this the one? Now, one of them was... Only the Messiah could heal a leper. Only the Messiah could heal, heal a leper. The reason being, leprosy was a curse. They all knew that. And only God could take back the curse. Right? So, I need you to go on a few scriptures from here, Richard. Please. One in particular here regarding Matthew 8, verses 1 to 2. When you come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Next verse, please. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy left him. We go to the next verse, please. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Carry on, Rich. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, right, okay, I've been fine. The next one. So go your way, go and offer according to the priest, the, 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 the Old Testament law, the Mosaic law. You've been cleansed. Now go and do what you need to do. You were unclean, but now you, you're clean. So, so go and do what you should do as a, an unclean man being made clean. Mark 1, 40 to 45. Incredible stuff. Remember, people are getting healed. They're waiting for the Messiah to come. <clears throat> Sorry about the delay, guys. Mark 1. 40 to 45. Now a leper came to him imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying, saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, as soon as he had spoken immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed 
And he strictly, Jesus listened, strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go on your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which, command, which Moses commanded as a testimony. However, he did what he was told. Did he? He went out and began to proclaim it free, freely and spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city but was outside in deserted places and they came to him from every direction. Listen, you won't read the New Testament the same, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the Gospels are going to open themselves up to you because the whole setup is about people flooding because the four miracles that Jesus was doing was enticing the whole religious community and Israel and religious country and he was doing incredible things incredible things Luke I don't know if it's going to be the same one Luke 4 27 to 30 Luke 17, 11 to 19, Rich. Now it happened, that as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. <clears throat> and as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers and stood afar off. This is going to go right down. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as he went, they were cleansed. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Verse 16, and fell down on his, his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were not 
ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Where there not any found? Where there not any found who returned to give glory to God except the foreigner? <coughs> and he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. This challenged the religious community. Incredible, incredible stuff. God, Jesus, done the first, what they're calling, messianic miracle. The second messianic miracle, I'm only going to do this one, we have to finish, I think. The second messianic miracle is that the Messiah would only be able to heal, excuse me, a person who's born blind, born blind, because they believed that a blind person had the infirmity through sin that was in the family and only God could forgive sin. We find that particular statement from the person who was taken up, taken down by the mat, and he says, Jesus, God, your sins are forgiving you. And you say, well, only God can forgive sins. Yeah. And he says, well, which is easy to say. Your sins are forgiven, you will get up and walk. Either way, God. Only Messiah could do these miracles. Matthew 9, actually. I've got a few here, which I won't read them all. <clears throat> um, Matthew 12, 22 to 25. Okay, faster, Richard. There's... Then one who was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him so that the man, so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now that's a, a messianic statement of Jesus because they all knew about the son of David was the promise of the Messiah who was coming through through the Judaist uh, prophecy so could this be the Messiah? aye aye here they come look what's next? what's he doing then? now when the Pharisees heard it they said this fellow does not cast demons out except by Beelzebub he's not a prophet the ruler of the demons, you have to next one, Rich. But Jesus knew their hearts, or their thoughts, and said to them, every we're going to come across this statement a couple of times, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand, keep them coming, Rich. If Satan casts out Satan, then he is divided against himself. How then will this kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Clever Jesus. Therefore, I shall be your judges. Next one, Rich. For if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. You'll see. 
that Jesus is coming to burn my flesh, taking the full mosaic law in him and living it according to God's will and purpose through the motive of love and showing Israel. You see, we've got to realise that religious people of the day were prejudiced. They were looking for a Messiah who was going to turn up and be the one who was going to whip out the Romans and get rid of all the tyranny. They were not, who was going to turn up with glory in a chariot of gold and cause a whirlwind in a tornado as he steps off his coach and walks. Not the idea of a little baby born to a virgin in a manger that grew up in their midst but they, didn't, they knew as Mary's son. Not that way. Not that way. But right before their eyes, 30 years, I seen him going to the, that was with him and he talked with them in the synagogue and he talked about the law and talked about the prophets and talked about them all. You know, when uh, Mary and Joseph accidentally left him for three days, in the synagogue when he was 12 years old and he was being a blessing to the Pharisees and all the, the, the head synagogue priests because he was sharing such truth, such authority and he's 12 and the scripture said he grew in stature right before their eyes the very God who they worshipped was there educating himself Becoming friendly, making himself known, bringing it all in. So he, when he was 30 and was ordained, baptised, went in the ministry to share his take or interpretation on the scriptures of exactly how they were meant to be from the very moment they came out of the mouth of the Father when Moses was stood in front of him. Is that phenomenal or what? Mark 10, 46-52, Rich. Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. And many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. He couldn't see. He, just, he, he couldn't see where Jesus was. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. So they called the blind man, saying to him, "Be of good cheer." Then they called the blind man, saying to him, "Be of good cheer. Rise. He's calling you." 
and throwing aside his garments, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, What? Rabbi? Yeah, Rabboni? That I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Hallelujah. Let's go to John 9. <clears throat> She's a long one, verse 1. The thirty mark which we'll read this through together, guys. Wow. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was <laughs> He was blind from birth, remember I said to him? And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, Rabbi. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Jesus knows, you see. Jesus knows. But he's not standing out there and standing on a box and shouting, It's me, it's me. Because it's only the people who are going to be called. It's only the people who are going to be responding. Those who hear the parables and are interested. <clears throat> I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night is coming when no one <coughs> can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Silo, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbours and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this the one who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He's like him. He said, I am he. Well, hang on, Rich. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes? How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made plain and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they, <clears throat> then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought him, they, they brought him, who was formerly blind to the Pharisees, here we go. Now it was a Sabbath, oh dear, it's even worse, big trouble. Hey, what a rebel. <clears throat> it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the, the, uh, the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again, how had he received his sight? He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. Because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. 
But I said to the blind man again, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes, he said, he's a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight. So they called his mum and dad. Verse 19. And they asked him, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered him and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He's of age, ask him. He will. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Wow. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So they asked him again and called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know is that I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you. I told you already. And you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become a disciple? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciples, but we are Moses' disciples. <laughs> um, is that the next part yet? <clears throat> we know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvellous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Couple of verses, carry on, Rich. He opened your eyes. We have it on verse 30, aren't we, right? Verse 31, 32. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. For if anyone is a worshipper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. answered and said to him, you were completely born <clears throat> in sins and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out and when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? 
he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him, and Jesus said, That's enough. And we're not going to read the next two until next time. But you're going to be, when you read these New Testament now, it's just another eye opening, incredible insight into the life of God. Rick Paul Mark. Don't Paul Mark. If you go actually onto YouTube, and um, you look for the um, the Gospel of John. Um, I actually got my Bible that I was reading. It's three hours long, but it's exactly scriptural. And when you watch it and you, you put the word onto it as well, and everything else starts sort of like binding together so you get more of a bigger picture. But it's well worth watching. It's on YouTube. It's three hours. I know it's a long time, but if you've got a... Yeah, well, absolutely. Jesus refers to himself as the son of the son of man. Yeah. I've never understood that. Oh, give us. Um, well, there's two. There was the son of man and the son of David. The son of David, or the son of God, is a reference to his being messianic. He's the fulfilment of the prophecies that have come through um, the Old Testament, right? And he's the, and the son of man is that he is fully man. He's, he, he is man. You know, he's fully man. People say that it was 100% men and 100% God. But Jesus, why is that? You know, people didn't say that before. I mean, I've heard teaching where Jesus was... Um, Jesus was God, right? And that when he came and lived on the earth, he lived as God. So he, he couldn't actually... Um, he had a head start of all his life because he was God. Yet, do you understand what I'm saying, Kim? Because he, he, he had um, all the power of deity with him, it was easy for him to come and live on, the, live on the earth as a man because, listen, he was God. We were never going to be tempted. He had all the control you need. He was perfect in wisdom. Do you know what I mean? That's because he was 100% God. But we couldn't live like that because we're men of flesh. But the truth is, that's not the truth I've just told you. It's not the truth. The truth is, God came and identified with mankind 100%. He was the son of man. And every temptation that he went through is the same temptation as we go through. Yeah, yeah, that's it. There was two other miracles that Jesus couldn't do. And, I mean, <clears throat> the one was to heal the mute. No one could do that. Because, it, again, it's about sickness. He did that one, though, didn't he? Yeah, I'm not saying... It, yeah, we've already read part of that, that's right. And the other one would, the Messiah, it's really important, it, this is going to really help you, the Messiah would be able to raise someone from the dead who had been dead for more than four days. Do you remember when asked Lazarus, come back? And he didn't. And you'll find, when you read the story, you'll find that Jesus said, 
It's for the glory of God that he died. And the glory of God's going to be revealed. Because that's why he held back. That's why we're dropping you there, Nick. That's why he didn't go back to Mary and Martha straight away. He hung out and did some other stuff for two days. Because in Israel, you're buried on the same day. You're buried on the same day. Like, you know, in the Middle East, because of the body and what it is, they haven't got mortuaries, have they? You know, in, in first century Middle East that way. Um, so, has that, has that took you into the, the Word a little bit? Has that helped you understand? Because you're going to read the New Testament now, especially Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the Gospels, and it's going to change the way you, you read this. You're going to understand that the Pharisees knew that Jesus was the Messiah. They knew it. And they didn't want him. And not like that. They wanted the one, like I said, the Messiah who was going to be born, who was going to be a military leader. The one who was going to come and drive Romans out of Jerusalem and give them their country back but that was never God's plan and it's a true statement the Jews and the religious people of the day killed the very God they worshipped is that incredible or what? We haven't really been able to apply this. This is it's almost a big Bible study kind of service because we haven't applied this into a, a, a practical life teaching. For instance, you know, um, Jesus healed the lepers, and it says, "As they went, they got healed." It didn't just happen like that. that as, as, as they walked and believed Jesus' word, they went on their way, and on their way, they were getting healed. So it weren't instantaneous. Some things were. And God, I guarantee, when he's going to bring an answer to your prayer, whatever it might be, it's not going to come the way you think it's going to come. It's not going to come wrapped in the paper you're expecting it to come. So we just need to be aware. Because if the prayers we're praying are biblical, the answers are coming. And this is not the X-Files. The answers are coming. And it's for us to be aware to see them when they come. Hallelujah. Amen. And, Amen. you know, we are sometimes the very answers to our own prayers. What we're asking other people to do, God's saying, you do it. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Jesus, you're alive by your spirit in every single one of us here tonight we thank you Lord that your face was fixed like flint that you fulfilled everything 
that needed to be fulfilled to fulfill all righteousness Lord God in everything that you did and everything that you said Lord we thank you that we're enjoying getting to know you more to know more about you to know you more Lord God in our lives as you Lord just open us up to receive so much more that you've got to give Lord our hearts are teachable you're incredible and help us Lord to grow in the grace and the knowledge of you our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ Amen